Hey everybody, on this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to talk about the thrilling overtime victory by Alabama, um, the NFL pass uh, wildcard weekend, and the divisional playoff games, and of course, we can't help but not talk about LeVar Ball and all things Ball family related on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey everybody and welcome to Guys Talking Sports. Um, I'm here with uh, Big Al and Ace. I want to tell everybody a belated happy new year and maybe Christmas. Hopefully everybody's um, holidays was nice, safe, fun filled with the family. I know we've been off for two or three weeks um, to spend some time, but we're right back into it. Back to, about to get right back into the flow. So um, guys, how you doing this evening? Man, a little bit under the weather, but can't complain. It's a new year. Looking forward to big things. I'm just happy that 2018 is here to kick off the right way, and I'm ready to get started. Ah, uh, yes, and in 2018, kicked off the right way for Roll Tide. In the uh, National Championship game last night, uh, Nick Saban in, um, interceded and put in the uh, the true freshman quarterback, taking on Jalen Hurts at halftime after they were down 13-0 to Georgia. And he came back through two TDs, the last one right in overtime to win the national championship game. I admittedly, like a lot of people, probably went to sleep on the game. But um, I was very shocked, and I was even more shocked at how they won in overtime and what all occurred. So, guys, let me know uh, what your thoughts about um, last night's national championship, uh, college national championship game. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I kind of paid attention to it from afar. Um, was was not too thrilled about the the of the two SEC teams in the national championship, but um, so I wasn't really engaged in it too tough. And just like yourself, I think I fell asleep. The score was six nothing, and I woke up and was like Eddie Murphy and delirious, like he won, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just like shocked because I think where I kind of woke up at one point, Georgia was really just putting putting work in on uh, Alabama, and then to come and find out they did what they did to win, I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, I thought it was a gutsy move as well. I did not catch all of it, but in doing so, to hear that Alabama won. Um, I thought it was going to be a close game. I didn't think that, you know, for for whatever reason, I didn't. I, I really, it was a toss up, um, in my eyes between Georgia and Alabama. But I thought it was going to be a very tight, close game, um, because these past couple of years has been close. Um, whether it was like the driving moments of the last couple of minutes or something, um, so it made it as an exciting football game, championship game, as it should be. And I have to give credit where credit is due. Saban made a change in the midst of everything when he was down and made the changes that was necessary for them to win, to pull out the win. So I got to give credit where credit is due. Now, me personally, I you know, I didn't want the two teams to be there. But, you know, all in all, it was still a great game, um, great game overall. Um, you know, and now I know there's always going to be talk about who should have been there, you know, maybe adding more teams and stuff like that. But for right now, you got to give credit, credit is due. And Alabama is truly deserving of 
the championship. So congrats off to Alabama for winning the national championship. Yeah, you got to you gotta tip your hat, you know, like you said, make sure they made a gutsy call of, um, you know, going to the bullpen, you know, at halftime and bringing up the true um, freshman. And, um, I mean, that was definitely a world of confidence he gave to uh, Jalen Hurts with being the starting QB next year when he said that he went to the he went to the, um, the second string because they needed to throw the, throw the football and Jalen and he could throw the football better than Jalen Hurts. So if I'm Jalen Hurts, I think I'd be looking for a new, a new team to play for because I think you basically lost your starting position <laughs> after this game, or at least it's in serious doubt. So, um, but I guess, you know, the, uh, SEC rolls again. I mean, Alabama, their fifth championship in nine years. I think now we're going to hear more and more about, you know, all the talk before when they thought that Nick Saban was crying the blues about being in, um, they, they should get into a national championship playoff picture and then they do and then they win. And it's just like, I mean, you just, <sighs> the SEC, I should really say the SEC, you know, really just, I think everyone is just tired of, tired of Alabama, but I mean, it's like the Patriots. You got to beat them. If you don't want them in there, you got to beat them. But on the other hand, how, what do you do when they get the top, top, you know, guys in every position every year? I mean, they're loaded at freshmen right now. So they're going to be stacked at receiver, running back, lineman, you know, for the next two or three seasons. So that's definitely going to put them in the mix next year and the year after that, depending on who stays or who goes. No, I agree with that. And to be honest, that's, I think that's, it's always going to be something that the fans will, you know, the fans of Alabama, of course, is always going to be happy with what their, the progression is because right now they're a dynasty. Um, at this point, you know, the amount of championships they won over the past 10 years is just, just ridiculous. I mean, not so the fact that the matter of fact that the fact that they've been in conversation in the championship, whether it's the playoffs or the championship game is still mind blowing. Nick Saban is no, undoubtedly one of the greatest coaches, college football coaches of all time. Now, with that being said, you know, my take on how it, I just feel as though that it should be more balanced. Um, tired of the super teams, um, whether it's Alabama, whether it's New England Patriots in football, whether it's Cleveland and Golden State in the NBA. You know, I just feel as though that right now is a time for, it's just, it's a need for more balance. And to be all jokes aside, even though it's a college, a national college football game, I'm pretty sure more people would have watched if it was other teams involved to see how that plays out. So, you know, I, I always said that there should be more balance in, in there, but like you said, out of, Alabama is the team to beat, and you have to beat Alabama to make it in. And until that happens, and, you know, and that goes for the recruiting class, that goes for, you know, coaches, assistant coaches, the development of the team, you know, college football going forward, I think that, you know, that should be something that needs to be more balanced. It just And that's just my opinion. I agree. Um we're all definitely tired of Nick Saban and the dark side of college football. That's for sure. Um, like you know, like Earl said, you got to got to tip your hat off to them. They uh, they went in there and they settled everything on the field and took care of business. Um, 
Now, my bigger question would be, I, I'm a firm believer of trying to expand the uh, expand the playoffs just because, well, expand it to at least eight teams to at least get all five conference champions, a power of five, uh, a group of five school, and at least two at large just because uh, I think UCF deserves a spot at the table. Uh, it's very difficult college football, regardless of what level you're in, to go undefeated. And for them to go undefeated and, and pull off what they did to beat Auburn, who Auburn went ahead and knocked off both Georgia and Alabama, I mean, I, 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 I'm not mad at all that UCF decided to throw themselves a uh, a parade at Disney World and claim them, deem themselves to be national champions because even though they might have played in, in a in a weaker conference, doesn't mean that if they had opportunity at the spot at the table, that they have knocked off, say, Alabama or Oklahoma, depending. Because you know it's just it's, it's a one game thing, and they would have brought their A game, so it would have been fun to see. But you know, hey, uh, I, I think the committee got it right with the four. And Alabama just took care of business the way they, the best way they knew how. Yeah, I guess I, you know, I guess the committee can, I guess what Alabama winning gives, um, gives the committee a sigh of relief that they can say they got it right. Cause if Alabama would have gotten there and got dusted by Clemson, which I didn't think they would, but if they would have got dusted by Clemson bad, then that would have been a bad look against the committee. Cause they'd been like, well, they didn't deserve to be in. You could have had Wisconsin at one, you know, could have had a, a claim on it. Ohio State tried to make a claim, but it wasn't there. But like you said, now Alabama winning justifies the committee putting them in. But I'm with you too, Al. It's, um, I like to see a little bit more parity in, in college football. You know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, Nick Saban is the greatest coach ever. I'm like, well, college football coach. I mean, I would probably say he's probably the best one of the best recruiters out there, but Alabama sells itself. I mean, if you're a four-star recruit and you have, let's say, you know, a, a UCF, you have a Alabama, let's say you might have a Wisconsin, or let's say you might have a Syracuse all coming knocking at your door and, you know, recruiting to come play, out of all those people, who are you going to go with? The one you're probably going to be on TV playing a national championship game. So, I mean, Nick Saban doesn't really have to say much by, by probably saying you'll compete and you'll probably start, but Alabama itself sells itself when you go into a team. So, I mean, I was watching the – um, it was the – I think it was the Army, um, the Army High School, um, all, all, you know, All-American game. And most of the guys that were declaring, early declaring, their intentions were all SEC teams just about. And several of them were already, all, you know, Alabama, you know, top four, recru- I mean, top some four-star recruits. So it's like, how can you win when Alabama just keeps getting, in my opinion, the best kids? Now, they have the choice of where they want to go. But, I mean, like I said, Alabama coming in above all teams, more than likely most people are going to want to go there. He doesn't really have to do much, but just – I think last last night was probably the one time where he actually had to make a, a gutsy call, and he probably got real lucky with that because it could have went really, really bad. I mean, if it wasn't for that safety, you know, drifting off and not, you know, playing playing asylum on a receiver, 
you know, two or three steps, you know, sooner, he could have intercepted that ball that he floated right to the receiver. I mean, he was so way off. I mean, that was almost like a long pitch and catch. I mean, I mean, the guy, he put it right there. But like I said, if the safety didn't, like, drift off and stay with the man, he could have easily, you know, tackled him or even maybe intercepted the ball. But like I said, it's – I don't want to say it's lucky, but you know, yeah. No, I still, I'm still amazed at how how open he was. I mean, that was just like, it was like one of those like seriously, like you, it 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 was like there, he wasn't even like near the guy. So it was just, I was just amazed the fact that it was able to sail, and there was nobody there to even cover him. Yeah, he got a. He had a two-step drop on the cornerback. The safety was like not even ten yards near him. I mean, he was wide open, like you said. I mean, I mean, give the kid credit because he threw a nice, tight, long spiral that literally landed right in the dude's hands, right in front of him. All he had to do was just catch it and walk right into the end zone. Nobody in front of him. Well. <laughs> I mean, that's that's college football in a nutshell. You know, it's always that one busted play. But that's football in general. You know, it's it's always that one busted play. There's always that one scenario where, you know, there's always somebody that's majority of the time open. It's a matter of the, the quarterback trying to uh, trying to find an open receiver. So by by finding an open receiver, you know, it's just very fortunate that things worked out the way it did for Alabama. But like I said, you know, like Earl said, safety uh, shades back over to uh, to the to the boundary in that scenario instead of shading further over to the middle of the field. We could be talking about Georgia's national championship, and now Georgia now becoming a a possible dynasty in college football because now the momentum has shifted to a new school. But yeah. You know, Alabama's reigning king right now, and and already the too early two polls for 2018, they already got them ranked number one. So what's new? You know, the, the rich just keeps getting richer. And like I said, uh, Jalen Hurt, I think he'll go into the spring ball thinking that he's got the number one spot. But I think if that kid takes him over and passes him, I think he'll transfer out. Yeah, because, I mean, you think, you know, Alabama either over the last couple of seasons, you know, has either had a stand-up quarterback or a running quarterback. They never had a dual-threat quarterback where the guy can actually make moves with his feet as well as, you know, throw. Now, I think there's probably going to be a lot of pressure after the kid threw the pass to win that championship game to give that kid a shot. And I saw a report online. Um, I think it was Lane Kiffin was saying that the kid was definitely looking to transfer uh, after this season because I guess he was thinking he was going to get an opportunity to start, and he wasn't. So after this game, if he didn't start at halftime, there was a report that the kid was definitely looking to transfer. So, but, you know, that was one game, one half. I mean, um, you have to see how next year goes. Well... I personally think that uh, if the dude don't get where he wants to be, if Jalen Hurt is not starting, <laughs> he uh, 
gonna want to he's gonna want transfer. I mean, bottom line, just because how you go from being a starter for winning a I'm not sure if he won a national championship. Who? Jalen Hurt. But um how do you go from playing in the national championship to yeah, I think he did win one because he won one as a freshman but he couldn't speak under Kiffin. Then he went back last year and they lost. And now this year, I mean, you're you're, you're coming off as being a national championship quarterback, and you you've been benched. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He's definitely uh, he's definitely transferring out if he decides that uh, that kid from Hawaii is going to get the starting gig. There's just no way. Why? Competition or not, you know, he still wants to go. He wants to make it to the next level. So unless he wants to switch to a different position, then I just don't see. I just don't see how uh, he'll stick around. Yeah, I mean, definitely right now. I mean, the NFL is looking at him already. Like, get out of NFL quarterback because you can't throw the ball. So, I mean. He's probably going to like wind up being like how the last Ohio State was. Was it JT Barrett turned to receiver and the kid from Ohio State a couple of years back? Um, who was a quarterback and now he like merged into a receiver. So right now, I guess, you know, you still have to wait till, you know, the champagne stops flowing and everybody kind of, you know, sits down and gets to the spring, you know, spring practice. But my guess is they'll probably go into open competition, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to be looking. It's an open competition probably <laughs> on paper, but I think that probably behind closed doors, all those guys are saying, we got a kid that can throw the ball. It opens up our offense to do a lot more. There's already talk about right now saying that um, Jalen Hurts should, well, I guess everybody's saying what Jalen Hurts should do because they're saying right now that talks is that he should consider transferring to Texas. Since he's from there, he should go back home to Texas and play for Texas. So well, that, don't, that, don't make no, that wouldn't make no sense. But I mean, I understood. I mean, I understand transferring back, but I mean, to the University of Texas or a school in Texas. I would say I would say to Texas, the University of Texas. Hmm. Uh, well, they don't really have a QB, but he would have to sit here. But yeah, well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah no, they can, yeah, we can go on and on all day about Alabama, but you know, at the end of the day, they are the national champions. And like you said, tip your hat off to Nick Saban. So, uh, so I'm gonna switch gears here, and of course, the big boys are gonna be playing this weekend with the playoffs, the wild card weekend wrapped up. Um, so now we definitely have our um, divisional games coming up with the Falcons playing the Eagles in the first game, Patriots playing the Titans in the second game, um, the Saints playing the Vikings in the last game. And um, I can't remember who's playing the first game um, on Sunday. Jags and New England? Jags are playing Titans, so the Jags are playing the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers, I'm sorry. So definitely some good games, definitely some good matchups. So instead of asking who you think is going to win, I want to ask you guys, which quarterback do you trust most in the NFC and which one do you trust most in the AFC to, um, to win you the big game? That's a great question. <laughs> That's a real good question. Like, I mean, the AFC is just pretty clear. Uh, Big Ben and, 
And uh, maybe that's clear cut. Um, NFC. I guess it'd be Breeze and uh, and um, dude from Atlanta. Now, Ryan. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with those. Yeah, I. I would say, you know, like I said, I'm still sticking with my um, pick right now. I'm going to go down with the ship. I'm saying the Saints in the Super Bowl because I trust the Saints with Drew Brees just a little bit more right about now over Case Keenum, even though the Vikings have really good defense. But I trust them better over Case Keenum. I trust them way better over Nick Foles. <laughs> and I might trust them a little bit more better than Matty Ice because with the Falcons, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. You're going to get that team that was in the Super Bowl, or you might get that team that, that stunk the last second half, which they wasn't looking pretty most of the season. So I'm not a believer. I mean, everyone is picking to Atlanta to, you know, to beat the Eagles, and I can darn sure see Atlanta going up in there and stinking up the place against the, um, the Eagles. So... I trust Drew Brees in the NFC a little bit more than all the other ones. Back on the AFC, I can't go against Brady at this point. <laughs> but do, you, do, do you see anything about that that ESPN piece about the, the inner controversies that is going on between Brady, uh, Belichick, and Kraft, and the Garoppolo situation, and the possibility of uh, Belichick? Wanted to become the Giants and the coach. You think any of that'll play a part in how the Pats play this week? I'll let you go out. Let you go out. No, not at all. I don't think it's gonna. I mean, if anything, the Patriots don't let the outside noise interfere with what they got going when it comes to dealing with the playoffs. And to be honest, when it comes to playing ball, period. Um, I think the Patriots is still going to do what the Patriots does, as they always do. And I'm really waiting to see a Patriots-Steelers rematch for the AFC championship. That, to me, is what I think everybody is looking for. Um, and with the way things are going right now, I, I think that, to me, would be the more of a Super Bowl matchup than anybody coming out in the NFC at this point. Not to say that the NFC, whoever comes out the NFC is not going to win. Um, but I agree with you, Earl, in regards to Atlanta Falcons. Um, I just don't see them. They haven't convinced me that they're ready to get back into the Super Bowl yet. And I think it's really the Saints, um, for them to lose is theirs to lose, um, in the NFC. Um, but I think everybody right now would love to see the Patriots and Steelers go head to head, at least in the AFC division. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you too. I don't think all the noise and all the controversy. It's some realness there. Don't give me that. There's a lot, you know, where the smoke is fire, and I think there's a lot of legitimacy in what was being reported. Um, but I think they'll close ranks and keep things quiet as they do. Offseason, entirely different story. I mean, if they, if they make it to the Super Bowl and win that, that quiets everything and cures all, but the issues are still there because I, I truly believe that um, Belichick didn't want to let Garoppolo go. And I think that um, Belichick wanted to be prepared for the transition, which would be Brady going out, winning on top, and then they transition over to Garoppolo because Brady is 40 and 
you know, you don't want to keep paying a 40 plus year old QB all that money. You want to transition over because, you know, at the end of the day, all the greats had to eventually go. So, I mean, now the cupboard is bare. You don't have, you know, Garoppolo. I mean, um, what was it? Jacoby is over in Colts and percent, right? Percent. I mean, he was doing good when he was there. He gets to the Colts and it's a little bit, you know, you know, sketchy, but the cupboard is bare at QB. They have nobody really there right now. So, Really, <laughs> but <laughs> Garoppolo is a proven commodity, and right now all your proven commodity QBs are gone, so the cupboard is bare going into next year or whatever. So, but they always find a way of finding those gems, you know, those those diamonds in the roughs. But no, I don't think there's gonna be any issue with them going forward. But if they lose early then you're going to hear a lot of those stuff, you know, get a lot louder come off season. Would you, would you want Belichick as your coach? No, the Giants can even get him as a coach right now because he's still on the contract. They would have to trade to get him. And I wouldn't want to trade to get him. I'll take one of his, I'll take, I'll take one of his assistants. But, but the hear, price. But I hear they, uh, they're interviewing for positions too, head coaching positions, if I understand correctly. Yeah, like I said, I will feel with the Giants better take one of his, you know, assistants or somebody out there. But to get Belichick, I mean, the price would be too high because you have to trade for him. And you want to, you can't trade a player, so you're going to have to give him cash and picks. Yeah, I think I heard one scenario where they said that, uh, Belichick is worth at least three first round draft picks. I'm like, good coach or not, I ain't giving up all that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Man, that's that's ridiculous. That's bananas. But ah, uh, wow. Um, first of all, I like to thank the New England Patriots and the dysfunction. The one time they had some sort of small dysfunction, they pretty much <laughs> handing the 49ers a, a gift of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so I, I do want to thank them that. Uh, but I'm also pissed with the 49ers because <laughs> by getting Garoppolo, we dropped down to like pick number nine. Where I was hoping that we could get picked, uh, number one pick in draft, but I digress. What did I tell you? What did I tell you six weeks ago? Don't play Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to lose your second round pick. Didn't I say that? He did say that. <laughs> he did I, say that. First of all, I'm mad you let CJ Beathard beat, uh, beat the Giants. But, you know, that's where they end up there. <laughs> hey, the wheels are rolling off. You might as well let it go completely off the rails. You know, but, uh, uh, what can you say? Uh, Patriots are going to be the Patriots uh, until somebody dethrones them, which they are beatable. They have been lucky more than one occasion this this season. So if they run into a buzzsaw and it ain't going to be Tennessee, nor is it going to be Jack. If Jacksonville gets past Pittsburgh, that's because Bortles became some type of uh, anti-human dem- demigod and started playing quarterback again because sliders on the way up. <laughs> right, right. He played really well those couple of games in December, but then he like he regressed so bad. I'm like, dude had more rushing yards than passing yards in a win. Yeah, well, I, I want to do something real quick. I'm gonna go off, I'm gonna go off way off script here because I want to put a message out to our friend out there in the shot Warfield who has a unquestionable opinion about QBs of color. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I'm going to tell you what. You can talk about Blake Borders all you want, but Blake Borders was marginally better. When I mean marginally, that's by a half a penny better than Tyron Taylor. So even though there's no QBs of color in there, Blake Borders was just about as ass as Tyron Taylor is. So for you to make that as your you know, soapbox to stand on, I wouldn't have picked that game for you to talk about, you know, black QBs because Blake Burrow is just worse than some other black QBs. Oh, yeah, he he was he was garbage. Uh, so that was after you in the shot of Warfield. Now we can maybe. Right, 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 right. Uh, Jazzo, Jazzo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not, wow, yeah, so um, I talked briefly about the last week's games, you know, when you talk about Mariota. I don't know if he regressed or he second half caught some confidence or he really needed to see the run game really pick up in order for him to, to play better. But I'm interested to see how Tennessee will play New England. If their defense plays halfway, you know, plays just as nice as they play against Kansas City, and Mariota comes to play, and of course, um, their running back, which uh, he's eluding me right now, um, comes out and this is has a beast of a game like he did last week. Derrick Henry. Yeah, I could, I can see slightly, and, and, and this is a very slight, like a less than five percent chance that Tennessee could pull up. It is possible because Brady is. I mean, the New England is New England, but Brady got lucky a lot of times this year. It's possible. I don't see it, but it's possible. And I'll be very, I'll be very happy if they didn't uh, pull out that type of upset. I, I will say this: if they w- would do that, I think a lot of people would be happy <laughs> if they pulled that upset. Um, but I, I, I just, I mean, I would love to see the Titans beat Patriots, but I just see this inevitable. Um, game between the Steelers and Patriots. Like, I think the NFL is hungry for that because they already know that it's going to be very smash mouth style. Um, you know, I, I, especially with all the drama behind it, I, I, I just see that that's what the NFL wants at this stage. Um, I mean, I, would, I mean, to be honest, I don't think people would be happy with a Titans Jaguars AFC championship game. <laughs> you know what? I, for one, would look at it and say at least it's somebody different. No, I mean, I, be the most exciting brand of football. At least it'd be somebody different. I, I agree with you. I completely. Agree. I, to be honest, I agree with you. I would want that as well. But I think the rest of the NFL world would rather see the Patriots and Steelers go head to head, toe to toe, because of the drama behind it. Fans love the drama. You know, I, if Titans and Jaguars had some, I mean, really bad beef, then it would be the other way. But, you know, it's not like the Patriots and Steelers. You know, one person affected to another team, you know, where that's been the whole talk for the majority of it since the last time they met. I mean, it's just, you know, and they're still talking. <laughs> Haven't even played, you know, they played the whole game and then now they're still talking. So I think that's what the fans want to see. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see it. I mean, I mean, I, I, am I confident the Tennessee Titans could beat the Patriots? No. I mean, 
the blueprint is out there on how to beat the Patriots. And I don't know if the defense can sustain it, but the blueprint out there with, 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 um, Brady is, as the Giants proves, you hit him hard, you hit him early, you put him on his back. And he gets erratic after that. Hard, early, and often, and put him on his back. And that's how you beat him. But no one can seem to sustain it. I mean, um, they have a good running game. I mean, their defense is good. I just don't think that Mariota has the chips in, in, in him to really, you know, to take it over to the top. I do believe the Patriots do. I think they have an extra grind since they felt like they got robbed of that game. Um, of course, the catch, the TD that wasn't a TD because the catch wasn't a catch, but, you know. That was a catch. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, I think, like you said, uh, I think, you know, Fifth Ave wants that New England Patriots and, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers and the AFC Championship actually would like to have that in the Super Bowl, to be perfectly honest. Um, um, I think their, their, um, consolation prize would be, uh, the Patriots against the Saints. It would have been the Patriots against the Eagles, but with no Carson Wentz in there, you know, that diminishes that one right there, but, I don't see either one of them be, you know, I don't see Jacksonville beating the Steelers. I think they're going to destroy them from what that, what happened last time they played them. And I think the Titans and the Patriots are going to be a close game, but I think Tom Brady pulls a rabbit out of his hat, you know, again, at the game. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I, let me ask you a question though, since we, you know, we always, we talk about the AFC a lot real quick though. What, Two teams would you like to see in the NFC championship game? Uh, I would probably like to, I guess I'd like to see the Saints and the Saints in Atlanta. What about you? You know what? No, I take oh. that back. Okay. I would like to see the Saints and the Eagles in the NFC championship game. If the Saints beat the Eagles, just so I can see all those Eagles fans at work get right up to the promised land door and get a smash right in their face once again. Now they'll probably say because no Carson Wentz and they want to, they'll have a legitimate, they have a legitimate argument there, but I still think they wasn't going to win it, you know, with, with Carson Wentz anyway. Oh, really? Really? That's interesting. Now that alone is an interesting. Why, why, why do you feel that way? Because. The way uh, Jared Goff performed with L.A., being that it was the first playoff game and he looked, you know, kind of lost in the beginning and being that they were the, the, uh, the NFL's uh, number one offense and never really kicked it into gear, you, you felt as though Wentz would have probably been under that same pressure? No, because I think cause the, the Eagles, per se, had a very easier schedule than most teams did, especially have much more easier teams than a lot of teams that are in there right now. Um, I think they were very good against a lot of teams that were below 500 and they struggled against a lot of teams that were above 500. I mean, prior to, um, Wentz going down, they were puttering offensively, you know, those last few games with, especially the one that Wentz got hurt. They, you know, you know, a game that they should have lost that the Rams gave up, gave up to them. However, I think that Carson Wentz masked a lot of problems. With their offense, I think that Zach Johnson coming back was good, but he wasn't 100%. And I think the defense, the DBs were still susceptible to getting torched by a good, a good, um, 
a good um a good QB. I mean, you had Eli Manning torched him for over 400 yards with second and third stringers. And I mean, you, you can only imagine what you know Drew Brees is licking his chops at doing with them if they stack the box and try to stop the running backs. I mean, now you're going to have signal coverage on your DBs out there in the corners, and he'll pick them apart just like they did Carolina. So I'm not confident that they could have won. And, you know, it's a coin flip. I just didn't think they had it, you know, all together this year to do it. But it's all about matchups. It's all about matchups. Well, true. But, you know, uh, the NFL is very unforgiving. It's it's only a handful of teams that can sit there and go year in and year out, think they're going to make it all the way to Super Bowl. I mean, look at Oakland. Oakland and Tampa Bay were like my two darlings in the beginning of the season. I just knew them two was going to be. <laughs> and neither one of them even uh, came close to skimming the playoffs. Well, Oakland will be um, very soon with that with their changes that they made. Uh, I mean, all right, so they got Gruden. So what? <laughs> I will say this. <clears throat> I will say this. That's a real big move for them. At this stage, mm, I mean, Gruden, I, I will say that I, the first year is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out for Oakland. Um, I think it was more of a name move. I mean, with them moving to Vegas and everything, I think that that's going to be something of more of a new start, a new role. It'll be interesting to see how Oakland um, handles things next year. Um, but I digress. Getting back to the championships. I mean, the, the playoffs. Um, I do agree with you as far as the Saints is concerned, but I would love to see Minnesota into the mix um, taking on um, – I would love to see Minnesota taking on Philly at this point. To be a little bit different, I know the Saints got – you know, Saints, I, I do have the confidence Saints will make it to the Super Bowl, but I would love to see uh, Minnesota in there in the mix as well. Um, but only one can win, so it's either win or go home. No matter what. Yeah, but, you know, just like the, the initial question was, who do we trust as, you know, for QB and NFC? We don't have any faith in Case Keenum. To be honest, I, I don't have any faith. <laughs> I don't have a faith in a, in a couple of, of quarterbacks that's still in, that's still in the playoffs right now. So, And, and um, who's the QB at, uh, for Philly right now? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Okay, so. Think back when Chip Kelly was the coach, and Chip Kelly, he had that unbelievable season with Chip Kelly, and then Chip Kelly traded him away, and people think that Chip was some sort of idiot. Now, let's fast forward now. Was Chip Kelly really an idiot, or did Chip Kelly really see something and knew that this was fool's gold, and he got him out of there quick, fast, and hurt? Well, didn't he trade him for Sam Bradford? <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, but in, in Sam Bradford's defense, in Sam Bradford's defense, he couldn't stay healthy. <laughs> that's, no, 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 you don't get a pass on that. You don't get a pass on that. That's something that was already known. No, you don't get a pass on that. That was something that was already known. But look at him down in Minnesota. He's, he's hurt now. No, 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 no. You don't get a pass with Sam Bradford. That was like he was injured every season. Like, that's okay. something you can't, you, 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 <laughs> Sam Bradford, that shouldn't have been a trade he would have made. Now, if you gave me somebody that was injured, maybe 
once or twice out of, you know, their whole career. And, you know, I could give you that. But dude, Sam Bradford was injured prone, like, to the 10th. Like, there is no reason why you would trade. Like, you are, you knew for a fact that trading Sam Bradford, you wasn't going to get him for the full season. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, when Sam Bradford was healthy, um, and I'm not going to use <laughs> – I, I, I think him being in, in Philly wasn't a good fit. But I think – I think Chip Kelly was on to something with Nick Foles. And and now he's come back full circle. And, you know, I'm listening to the, the national media, and they're saying that Nick Foles is just not that good. You know, I kind of I kind of was like, oh, you know, Philly would be great with Nick Foles. He's a good quarterback. But then I'm hearing, yay, he's not all that great. So it's like. Chip Kelly, though, he made some real head-scratching moves while he was in Philly. I don't think that was a, that was a bad move. Now, you know, looking at it four years removed, I don't think it was such a bad thing. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a bad move. I think he, he was on a team that had weapons that complemented his what he did. The head-scratchers, where I think was really for um, Nick Fool's down demise, was the trading of this Sean Jackson and in the trading of um, Shady McCoy. Once you took two of his most explosive toys away, there wasn't really much left there, so he was just getting dinged on. So they shipped him over to L.A. Rams. He didn't do anything there. You bring in Sam Bradford, and Sam Bradford doesn't have those toys. Now, is he a, probably a little bit better QB as far as passing than Nick Foles is? Eh, you know, maybe a little bit better. But Chip Kelly snatched prime targets out the cupboard. And you for because he thought anybody could play in the system, and lo and behold, he found out in the NFL that's not the case. So I mean, um, the the jury's still out there. When I heard that the Eagles got Nick Foles back, backing up, uh, backing up Carson Wentz, I was a little nervous, but because I was here when Nick Foles was doing his thing. Now, does he have those same kind of assets and targets like he had before? I mean, Alshon Jeffries is good. I mean, the running backs is okay, but they're not Shady McCoy, and they're not supposed to like Deshaun Jackson. So we'll see. And that just makes me want to believe. I think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. It's going to be a, a really good quarterback in the league. Um, but will the production and wide receiver, the production and running back, will that be a constant for him moving forward? And that's the bigger question. Like nobody, nobody wanted Alshon Jeffrey, you know, when he came over. And then, of course, he had a pretty good season. Everybody, they're clamoring over him. They gave him that four-year deal. You know, will he pan out? You know, that's the bigger question. I, and I guess that's why everybody likes the NFL with just the drama and the forward thinking of next year and the year after that. No, no. Well, quick. Well, well, one last question out of this NFL picks. Um, quick picks for the um, this weekend's game before we switch over to, of course, the NBA. Al, I got the Patriots over the Titans. I got Steelers over Jags. I got Falcons over Eagles, and I got Saints over Vikings. Uh, I'm going to say the Vikings is going to beat the Saints. Um, I think. I, and I say that because the Vikings' defense is pretty darn good. And 
We're going to have a – all right, go ahead, continue. I, mean, I could be totally wrong come next week. Um, I think uh, – who's, who's playing Philly? Um, Falcons. Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta's going to be Philly. Um, New England and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think the Minnesota's going to win. All right. And it's not because of their quarterback. <laughs> I was about to get you on that. I think I think he's going to be a great game manager. I think it's going to be more so Minnesota's uh, Minnesota's defense and Case Keenum doing what needs to be done and don't, and don't have any costly turnovers. Okay, okay. Um, I think for the Sunday games, um, I'll definitely take Pittsburgh over over Jacksonville. I think that's probably going to be. I get a feeling that's probably going to be a blowout. Um, I'm going to go with the Saints over over Minnesota. In a probably close game, I'll take New England over Tennessee that I said before. Um, and I'm actually going to surprise you guys. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles at home over the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, now you really is surprising me. With all that talk about Philly, <laughs> you're going to pick the Philly. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't shock me if they won. No, nah, nah, it wouldn't shock me either, but... But the city now, you, you're on the city's good graces now out there in Philly. <laughs> I don't, I'm not yet, cause don't trust me, eh? I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't see them going to the Super Bowl and or winning if they get there, but, um. Okay. <laughs> but I think that I'm, I like Julio Jones, I like Muhammad Sue, and I like Matt Ryan. They just, I'm, it's something about the Falcons that I, I that's making me not want to fully trust them yet. I agree with you on that. No, I completely agree with you on that. They they haven't pro- they haven't proven to me as well whether I mean that they're Super Bowl bound ready yet. Well, we'll see. Ace, mark those picks down. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> there's only two games that we have to question: Philly and Minnesota. So you know <laughs> that is true. We should have a conversation next week. All right, guys. So before we edge off, of course, you know the world of the NBA is on. Cavaliers are playing crappy, but not really concerned about that. So after the All Star break. Go to State Warriors are playing what they normally play, so I'm not concerned about that. I mean, um, the Milwaukee Bucks are looking really, really good. Thank you, um, um, Jimmy Butler and the guys. So, um, uh, so Minnesota, sorry, yeah, so Minnesota. So, um, of course, um, I hate to bring it up, Al, but we just have to just briefly touch upon this. Um, of course, we're not going to talk about you know, the circus over there in Lithuania. We're just going to talk about the comments that Daddy Ball has made about Luke Walton and saying that he's lost the team and this, this, and that. And from a man who said that he wouldn't interfere in the Lakers organization, he was going to let Magic Johnson, you know, the team coach his son, and he was just going to lay off. He got him there. But it seems like he just can't keep his mouth closed, even after they had this quote-unquote discussion with him to kind of keep you know, his comments to a to a, a low roar. But of course, there he is again. So um, my question is, do you think that anybody in the Lakers organizations at this point are having second thoughts about getting ball because they had a good pick that they could have got that Boston has been, you know, flourishing with? Um, I don't think that I think that the Lakers, I don't think the Lakers are regretting the pick because of all, I mean, Lonzo is still growing. And I think that at the end of the year, I think that Lonzo is going to be a great, uh, a good player. I'm not going to say great, um, because it's still to be determined, but I think that he's going to be the player that they're looked at, they drafted him to begin with the reason why. 
the drama behind all that with his father, still all talk. Um, and to be honest, all jokes aside, I don't even blame, again, you know me, I don't blame the Lakers. The Lakers are doing what they're doing with Lonzo. That's where their focus should be. I was, I don't blame them at all, you know. Um, so I don't see them, you know, regret drafting Lonzo Ball. I think that if, you know, they were to do it all over again, they would still draft him. Um, again, my thing issue is with the media still putting a microphone in his face. So, I mean, Lonzo Ball, I mean, LeVar Ball is going to be LeVar Ball no matter what. We all know that. He's going to say things that's going to be outrageous. We know that now. The problem is, is that still, my, you know, people are still putting a microphone in his face. And Luke, I mean, the people commenting about the comments he made with Luke Walton would have never known that if they didn't give him the, the, the opportunity to say what he said anyway. Like, that could have been completely kept under wraps. It could have been completely a one-on-one conversation. But since the media is so hyped around him, I mean, let's, I mean, for goodness sake, ESPN took, bought a guy to take, go along with them, with his sons to Lithuania, to interview him, to hang out with them. I mean, it's all the media's fault. And it's funny how, like, media is want to chat, you know, complain the fact that LeVar Ball is doing all of this. If you didn't put the microphone in this guy's face, you wouldn't have this, comp- this problem. So, you know, I don't blame, I don't blame people responding to it. I don't blame, you know, I saw, the, you know, people responding to his comments and all that. I don't blame it not one bit. You know, to be honest, it, that's what the media does. They you put the microphone. But the whole thing is, is that, look, they need to stop putting the microphone in LeVar Ball's face. Let him handle his business. Let Just stick to basketball. Let Lonzo do his thing. The Lakers are going to be at a point where they've done everything they could possibly do to try to stop him, but he cannot be stopped as long as they put a microphone in his face. And that's all media's fault. That's all I got to say about that. I, I kind of beg to differ. Um, oh, that's the first. Because <laughs> regardless of the media, ESPN, whomever puts a mic in his face, he still has his reality show that he broadcasts on Facebook or wherever he's broadcasting it, and he's still going to say what he's going to say. And somebody's going to pick it up, and they're going to quote him as the same whatever. So regardless if the question is asked to him directly and he answers the questions directly or he just feels free to speak his mind on however he's getting his words out on his show, you know, I don't have Facebook, so I couldn't tell you. But um, he's going to say what he's going to say. And it's going to make the media regardless. Regardless if ESPN or whatever media circuit puts a mic in his face. So personally, the Lakers are going to have to sit him down and give him an ultimatum. Because it's getting to a point where it's it's a circus. You know, you can't you can't have somebody's daddy telling the media that the coaches, you know, the coaches losing the team. If that's how you feel, that's fine. But um nah. So it's either gonna be sit him down, you shut up, or uh, unfortunately you know, we're just going to have to – I think the Lakers may end up trading ball, personally. But I don't see another team wanting to take on the ridiculousness that comes along with it. Well, I, I, I'm i with you, Al. I don't think the, the Lakers regret the pick. 
I think maybe there's probably a couple of people that would have probably preferred they would have went after Jason, you know, Tatum, but then you would have had a log jam at, you know, small forward shooting guard position. So that's the reason why they went with, you know, Lonzo Ball. Um, no, I don't think they regret it right now. I think, of course, he's still, a, you know, a project. I think they kind of knew it. He has an ugly shot, which is going to have to get worked on in the offseason because he can't go on. He can't have a, that career is not going to go with that shot as, as it is right now. Um, but I do kind of agree. I think that, you know, the comments do become a little bit, you know, more of a distraction the way he keeps going on. I think right now you can probably kind of say, get the cameras out of his face, get the mic out of his face, but ESPN is still going to do it. If it's not ESPN, somebody else is going to do it. He has got the media in such a fascination about himself that if it ain't ESPN, somebody's going to put a camera in his face and he's going to talk. And I don't think he's not going to talk. The only person I think that can probably tell him to clamp it down will probably be his son. But as of right now, I don't think he's going to do that. And and the son hasn't done that. The son was interviewed, and the son said he sided with his father. Of course he will. <laughs> and but, then, but then is that is that more like he has he has great, uh, mind control over his son? Like is he Debo? <laughs> no, it's all about. It's basically. Let's be honest. Like his father is the one that got him to the position where he is. So I don't think it's more. I, not, I'm, no, I'm saying like not from a skill level, but I'm saying like in general, like if, you know, there's you're always gonna have that respect, no matter what. You know, and to be honest, like even if you know his father is not the you know may not be the best in everybody else's when it, you know everybody else's eyes, he's still his father to his eyes. So he's going to stick with him no matter what. But I do want to get back to that media uh, question real quick. I understand what you're saying, Ace, in regards to, like, the media won't be able to, to you know, control him at this stage. But I, I, I have to disagree. I think that the media can control, if anything, if he has a Facebook Live, that's, you know, so be it, you know. But what I'm saying is, is that the media doesn't have to – um that's the word I'm looking for put it on as a topic of everything that he says going forward. Let him stick to his Facebook Live. Let him stick to his own version. That's just like any other celebrity have their own with TMZ or whatever the case may be, whatever they use to talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about. It's still control as long as, like, the reporters don't talk about it. Like, as long as the reporters is going to talk about what 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 LeVar Ball said and all this, that's what really gets to the point, like, when it comes involved into the actual basketball aspect of the media, I think that's what really what gets a lot of people unedged. You know what I'm saying? I understand that it's his father, um, but if he let him do his own thing when it comes to the media, like, you don't have to bring it, incorporate it into the NBA. That's, you know, ESPN shouldn't be following. If they following him, follow him for their, his own 30 for 30 with his his sons. You know what I'm saying? Like, do something like that. Don't incorporate it to what he's saying and then, you know, bring it into, hey, this, you know, LeVar Ball said this. What do you think? Because all it's going to do is just going to make it more bad publicity for the Lakers, something that they don't really need right now. You know, I'm pretty sure that there's players on the team right now that are, like, saying, you know, this guy's, 
you know, you know, I, you know, Alonzo, he's our teammate and everything, but his dad, you know, he's talking about the coach. He's talking, you know, the coach shouldn't be here and all this stuff that he's saying. Like, you know, he's talking about the teammates. Who's who, what's next? What's next? He's done it with UCLA, when you know, a couple of teammates for not being on LeVar Ball's, I mean, Lonzo Ball's level. It's it's enough, but it should be in its own private island. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. It should be secluded from everything else. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, and it's both, and I, you know, I agree with both parts of it. I think at the end of the day, the Lakers are still going to ride out with the pick. I think that. I can definitely see Magic Johnson and um, Jeannie Buss after the end of the season having a conversation and be like, you know, we don't mind you talking, but you you can't have things detrimental to the team and bring this negative energy to the team. Because just as we were nice enough to draft your son, we could be nice enough to let him play out his rookie contract and not give him anything or trade him before then. And to go even further that, you know, your how well your son does is going to directly reflect on whether or not the NBA wants to give the other two sons a darn look. Because right now, the way yeah. you're talking at the Lakers, what's not to say if the second son comes up and somehow gets into the NBA, who's not to say that another team doesn't want that? And if a coach comes up there and the son's not getting his shots, oh, well, he's lost the team because he doesn't know how to coach my son. Or if his third one... I mean, I mean, Lonzo, I mean, the, 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 the oldest boy is in there, but I think he's doing more harm to his two sons because right now, if I'm an NBA GM, I don't want that headache. Right. I agree with you on that. I definitely. No talent aside, it's not worth the headache. And he's spoiling the milk for not just, you know, Lonzo, but his other two boys. But to be honest, he's not, not just them. He's, you know, it's going to set a precedence because is because Tittman, this is really the first that's happening where an actual father of a parent, I mean, of an NBA player or a parent of an NBA player is speaking the way that LeVar speaks. So I could see some type of change going forward with, you know, who's to say somewhere down the line somebody else don't come and be just as, you know, like talking with with media just, just as extravagant as LeVar is. So. Yeah. Well, we can go on about this subject all day, but I just wanted to touch on it real quick. But um, we're getting around that, that time. So, uh, as always, we enjoy everyone that subscribes to the show, uh, you know, listens to us talk. <laughs> Any topics you want us to talk about or anything you'd like us to discuss, definitely hit us up. So, Al, Ace, let them know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. It's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and on Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, J E R O S S 7 X. And once again, guys, like we said, thank you for coming in. Hope you enjoy. And as always, peace, love, and a little bit of soul. <laughs> Shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to the black colleges. Love.